Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. I've been speaking to the youth. Or should I say that God has been speaking to the youth by His Spirit? I'm only His spokesperson. What I'd like to do is to review a little bit, share a little bit more. See what He would have us to do from that point on. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 14, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, truly furnished unto all good works. Our Heavenly Father, we give thanks unto you for your precious holy word. Thank you, dear Father God, for the revelation of truth. As an act of our will, we activate the Holy Spirit's ministry of teaching, thanking you for giving unto us the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of Him, that our eyes are enlightened, that we may know the hope of His calling. I thank you also for utterance in the Holy Ghost to boldly proclaim the truth and demonstration of the spirit of power, that our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I also thank you for receptive hearts, attentive ears, and open minds as we now all set ourselves to receive from your precious holy word in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, Amen. In quick review, we've said that God has placed before each and every one of us life, death, blessing, cursing, good, and evil. Everyone say life. Everyone say good. Everyone say blessing. Life, good, and blessing can be yours. They are offered unto each and every one of you. Everyone say death. Everyone say evil. Everyone say cursing. Death, evil, and cursing can be yours. All you've got to do is want it. Anybody here a candidate for death, evil, and cursing? Just raise your hand. We know somebody who will oblige you. Anyone here a candidate for blessing, life, and good? Raise your hand. God will oblige you. He's saying it's up to you. The condition you are in today is a result of your will. We have no one to blame but ourselves. I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing, good and evil. Yeah, but you don't know what so-and-so did. It has nothing to do with so-and-so. I know what Jesus did. I said, I know what Jesus did. I know what God the Father did when He created us. I know how Satan came to disturb that and he overthrew that. And, and of course, he became the God of this world and he upset everything that God had set in motion, set in order. And I know that because of his will involved in, in the earth, tragedy has come, death has come, calamity has come, evil has come, cursings have come. And it's only because a man decided to choose 
hates the way of death. And because he chose to walk in the way of death, it came upon him. And he was cursed, and much evil came across the path of his life. But we also stated the fact that God has placed before us life, good, and blessing. And he says, choose life. In other words, I want you to experience life. I want you to have the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. I want you to experience every good gift that cometh down from above. Good, blessing, life. Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and have it in abundance. Young people, you can have life in abundance or you can have death in abundance. Once you understand that the choice is yours, it's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to all of us, even adults. See, too often, many young people do not realize or recognize or understand the truth that's able to make them wise unto salvation. So then when they enter into adulthood, they find all these things happening to them. They don't know what to do about them. They think that they're just here wandering through life and whatever comes their way, they've got to accept. Not realizing or knowing that there's a way of salvation or a way of deliverance or a way to be made free. And you don't have to be overcome with death or evil or cursing. You can choose to live a victorious, successful, productive, meaningful, fulfilled life if you want to. And once again, so many do not realize we can choose to be healthy. We can choose to be sick. We can choose to have prosperity. We can choose to be a pauper. I know that that's hard for some to realize and recognize. But, beloved, it is the gospel truth. You go back to the very beginning and you're finding out that that's how God made it from the very beginning. And He says, man, I'm giving you a choice. Choose ye this day. Why do you think that Joshua said, as for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord? Because He wanted life, He wanted blessing, and He wanted good things to happen to Him in His life and throughout His life. Not only for himself, but also for his household. And he says, my authority just doesn't go much further than that. As far as I'm concerned, it's for me and my house. We will, we will, we will serve the Lord. And that's why I said, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Well, how do we do that? We choose life by choosing to become obedient to the commandments of God. We choose as an act of our will. Young people, adhere. Listen. We choose life. We choose blessing. We choose good things by choosing God's way of salvation. It's a decision to discover His commandments and to be obedient to His Word. And one of the commandments that we've been stressing, you'll find it in the Old Covenant, it's the commandment that says, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and that you may live long upon this earth. If I had it to do over again, if I was a young person, and I knew the way of salvation, I want you to know as a young person, as an individual, you are in such a position to be blessed. You're in a perfect position to experience the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. Do you know why? Because as long as you're under the protective covering and authority of your parents, your parents then have authority to use their faith in your life. 
And as long as they can use their faith for your life and they're developed in faith, using their faith actively for your life to protect you, and then you learn the way of salvation, you become a greater force in the realm of the Spirit for God. And you can cause an umbrella of protection to be around you, I mean, each and every one of your lives, in such a way that while you're growing up, you can be nurtured in the things of God, you can grow up in the ways of God, so that you are so wise unto salvation that the enemy has no way of coming in to gain sin or resist the wisdom of God that's been placed inside your innermost being. You're in a position where you can learn about the deep things of God so that you can protect yourself from the onset of the enemy from the very beginning. You don't have to be destroyed and overcome just because it's Time is going on and you're getting older in this life. You can be successful. You can have productive lives. Well, how do I do this? I obey the commandment of God. I obey my parents and honor my parents in the Lord. Now, for those of you, we said, when we left off, we said, for those of you who say, I've decided to do this in my life, don't let the devil get you caught up into thinking that obedience means to take out the garbage. Obedience means to do the dishes. Obedience means just to clean your room. And all those are a part of it. We thank God for each and every one of you that do that and do all your chores and all that sort of thing. But that's not what God was, was emphasizing. Those things, like I said, they're important, but that's not what God was emphasizing. What He was emphasizing was this. Your parents have been placed here by God to show you the way of salvation. They are your teachers. They are to teach you about the presence of God, about the power of God, about the fear of the Lord, about the Word of God, about the blood of Jesus, about the name of Jesus, about the Holy Ghost, about speaking with other tongues, about speaking the Word and confession of your faith. They are to teach you about God's way of righteousness and salvation so that you can understand how to stand against all the opposing forces that are coming against you to destroy your life out there in this world. That's why the Scripture says right there, and from a child, in verse 15, Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. As from a child, as from a young person, from a babe, you have learned the Holy Scriptures that make you wise. What makes you wise to salvation? The Holy Scriptures. There isn't a young person that ever died prematurely because he didn't do the dishes. There was a young person that died prematurely because he didn't take out the garbage. There isn't a young person that died, didn't die, die prematurely because he didn't wash the car or cut the grass. But I want you to know that there are many young individuals who have died prematurely because they failed to obey their parents when they said, stay away from drugs because they're harmful to you. Stay away from alcohol because it's not good for you. Stay away from this and stay away from that. Don't get involved with these people because it's not good to hang around ungodly people. And so, so many have died prematurely because they have failed to be obedient to their parents to honor the wisdom that God has placed within them. And so you see, when the Scriptures teach us or talk about obeying and honoring our parents in the Lord, He is saying that you are to listen to what they are saying about godly counsel, about godly wisdom in the affairs of life, so that as you grow up, as you develop in this life, you can stand against all the powers of darkness, you can face all peer pressure, you can face drugs, you can face alcohol, face premarital sex, face tobacco, face anything and everything face gambling and anything else that would come against your life to destroy your life, to take you captive 
and cause you to, to, to be destroyed upon this earth as you live your life. He's saying, take heed to what your parents are saying, listening to the godly counsel and the instruction of your parents as they are teaching you the way of salvation. They are teaching you the fear of God. They are teaching you what is right and what is wrong. They are teaching you the difference between good and evil, blessing and cursing, and life and death. That's why parents exist here upon this earth. And you can go right on back to the beginning and find out. When God made man, He made male and female and told them, Be fruitful and multiply. And He blessed them. And He said, You replenish this earth with a godly seed. In other words, it's your responsibility and duty to train up these children in the way that they should go. You're not going to overcome the devil by taking out the dishes or doing the dishes or taking out the garbage or cutting the grass. And believe me, we live in a generation right now where young people just do not want to listen to godly counsel. And like I said, some will think, well, this is it as long as I do this, I'm obeying my parents. That's not obeying your parents. How many of you parents out there would rather have your child get a hold of the Word of God, put it inside their heart, make their confessions of faith, read their Bible daily, get filled with the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues, you know they're on their way to heaven, then take out the dish, do the dishes, take out the garbage. Anyone here like your, your child to do that? And of course, if they obey that, then the other's going to fall into place, isn't it? Young people, listen. It's a warning. It's admonition. It's a warning of God. These things have been written for admonition. It's a warning of God. The storms of life are going to come to every individual person, every young person. Look at, look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. And in particular, every young person. Look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. Now, Paul said that the Scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation. Look at what Jesus said. Therefore, verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Everyone say wise. Say, I'm a wise person. Notice that Paul says it's able to make you wise unto salvation. God's way of deliverance or God's way of being successful in life. And Jesus says, I'm going to liken you unto a wise man who did what? Listen to what it says. Which built his house upon a rock. The house is talking about your life. He's talking about your life. You laid the foundation of your life upon solid ground. Okay? What are the foundational years in any individual's life? What are the years? As from a child thou hast known. As from a child thou hast known. As from a young person, as from a child, thou hast known the Scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation. People of God, we are rearing up, raising up a generation of children at the ages of two and three and four years old who when they fall down and cut or skin their knee or, or have some, an injury happen to them, they run in the house and say, Daddy or Mommy, pray for me in the name of Jesus. We're raising up a generation of young people who understand that when you lay hands on the sick, they recover. We're raising up a, a generation of young people at the age of four and five years old where they know what it means to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. 
And they understand the, the importance and the, and the meaning of it. Children who are wise unto salvation, not because it's a, it's a nice thing to do, not because everybody else is doing it, but because they've been instructed by godly parents, they've been taught the value and the importance of knowing the Scriptures, they're being taught how to stand against all opposition, they know the difference between what is good and what is evil, there are people in the church world today who are adults who still think that sickness and disease comes from God. You know, and it's getting to be the, the point in time I think that it's, it's so pathetic. But why do they think that way? Because they've been brainwashed as from a child, in not to Scriptures, but in religious tradition. They, they don't even think the Holy Ghost is for today and, and speaking with other tongues. But yet we get five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds out there here in this church speaking with other tongues. You see what has happened, people. We need to get a hold of the young people. Yes, it may be the church of tomorrow, but right now they're living through those foundational years right now. And they need to get a hold of the unadulterated word of truth and be wise under the way of salvation. Why? Because the next verse says that when the rain descends and when the floods come and when the winds blow and beat upon that person's life, there isn't one person exempt. Young people out there, there's not one person exempt. Each and every one of you will face storms in this life. You may think you're getting by right now or you're, you know, you're somebody big in school and all that stuff. We've all been through that period of time. But I want you to know something. You're going to face storms in life no matter who you are. And what Jesus is trying to get across to us, what Paul is trying to get across to us is this. The only way you're going to stand firm, complete, immovable invincible against the storms of life is by hearing what God has got to say about life, about life's circumstances, hearing what God has got to say about His way of deliverance, listening to what God has got to say about your future, listening to what God has got to say about you changing so that you can line up with His will for your life. And He says, He that heareth my sayings and doeth them, listen, when the rain came, when the when the floods came, when the winds blew and beat upon that person's life, that person was not devastated. It did not fall. The house did not fall. Why? Because it was founded upon solid ground. That young person's life was founded upon solid ground. So that once you leave the authority and the protective covering of your parents and get out from that umbrella of protection, you're out there as a social unit under God or as an individual person, and you stand right out there in the midst of the storm. And you stand against it and say, I declare that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that God has placed before me life and death, blessing and cursing good and evil. And I proclaim that I hold the keys to the kingdom of God, the operation of God's will in my life. And I will not be destroyed. I refuse to be destroyed. I'll not allow the devil to come and steal, kill, and destroy my life. But I choose to have life in abundance as an act of my will because of what I know about God's plan of salvation in my life. Now, read on there and look what it says about the other part, other person. And everyone that heareth these saints of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon sand, and the same rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Failure in life, being destroyed in life, 
not being a success in life is not measured by the things that we have or the things that we do achieve in life. But it's measured by our ability to walk in the light of God's Word, in the light of His will, so that when these great storms of life come our way, we can just lift up the name of Jesus. We can just uphold the bloodstained banner. We can stand against all the powers of evil and of darkness and declare that you cannot have my life and that I serve a living God and I'm going to worship Him and Him alone will I serve. And you're not going to take my life prematurely. You're not going to make me sick. You're not going to destroy my mind. You're not going to destroy my marriage. You're not going to destroy my family, the home in which I live. You are not. I forbid you. I prohibit you, Satan, and the forces of darkness from coming against my children or anything else that I possess because I'm a child of the living God. Young people, look at Matthew chapter uh, 16. Long life and well days happen to be the result of, of being wise under God's way of salvation and deliverance. It happens to be being wise unto the principles of God's kingdom. Not obeying my parents and doing all these chores of life, but obeying my parents in their instruction of righteousness and truth in my life. Listening to what they are saying attentively and conforming my life to line up with what they are saying concerning the Word of God in my life. Look at Matthew chapter 16. In verse 17 it says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I want every young person to look at this portion of Scripture, and I want your attention just for a moment. You have the keys to the operation of the kingdom of God in your life. You hold the keys to the operation of God's kingdom, His operational power, His creative ability, His character, His provisions in your life. You hold the keys. You can unlock the door to heaven. You can loose the angelic host. You can be victorious. You can loose all provisions, all the blessings. You can loose life itself, creative ability, wisdom, understanding, strength, power, might, authority. All that you need, you hold the key. You hold the key. And that's why Jesus is saying right here to Peter, I'm going to show you how my church is going to be successful so that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And you're a part of the body of Christ. You are the church of the living God. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you're 12 years old, if you're 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, you belong to God. If you're 5 years old and born again, you belong to God. You are the church of the living God. And that young person holds the key. Doesn't matter how old you are, there's no age in the realm of the Spirit. And he says here, now listen, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you bind on earth, I like to say it this way, whatever you lock up, whatever you prohibit, whatever you refuse to allow, will be refused from heaven. Whatever you lock up on earth will be locked up out of heaven, already being locked up. As far as heaven's concerned, he's saying this. God 
would have His will to be done in each and every one of your lives. God is already opposed to Satan's will and does not want Satan's will done in your life. God does not want death, evil, or cursing in your life. So God says, whatever you unlock upon this earth, or whatever you lock up upon this earth, as far as heaven is concerned, that's already established thing. He's locked up Satan's will. He doesn't want Satan's will done in anyone's life. As far as his will is concerned, he says, it's my good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom of God. I've given it unto you. I've turned it over unto you. You've got the power and the authority of it. You can unlock heaven if you want in your life. So whatever you loose upon this earth is going to be loosed out of heaven because it's coming from heaven. That's where we get our authority. And he goes on to say, Whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So that means you can prohibit death. You can prohibit cursing. You can prohibit evil from overtaking your life. You can permit life. You can permit blessing. You can permit good things to come in your life. Now, if you quickly turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, I want to show this to each and every one of you, especially young people out there. My heart is so heavy. I want each and every one of you to know. I want you to know right now in advance, each and every one of you. You're 12 years old, you're 13, you're 14, right on up. The things that are going to happen to you in this life will be the results of your decisions that you make in life. What you choose to loose will be loosed. What you choose to lock up will be locked up. You can lock up death. You can lock up cursing. You can lock up evil. You can lock up the forces of darkness and declare by faith in Jesus' name that it has no right to overcome you. Or you could allow evil. You can permit darkness. You can permit the influence of evil. You can permit all these things that pertain to death to come upon you if you so choose. It's an act of your will. You see, you choose to obey your parents and their admonition. You choose to listen to what they're saying to you about the way of salvation. It's not whether you can or cannot. You choose. You make a decision to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to listen to you. You choose to go away from their presence and get yourself involved in things that are wrong. That's an act of your will. Now, you may be influenced by peer pressure or by other people who come along your life and, and, and dare you and tempt you to do certain things. Of course, that all comes from darkness. But still, ultimately, you make a choice or a decision in your life to choose as to, to what you're going to do. If you're going to give in, if you're going to yield. So just as easy as you can choose to listen to what they are saying to you and influencing you to do in life, you can choose as an act of your will to say no. As a child of God, I choose to obey my parents in the Lord and obey the instruction they have given me. They have revealed to me the way of salvation. They've told me that I hold the key to the operation of God's kingdom in my life and to His will in my life. They show me the scripture that says, Thy will be, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God's kingdom has come to my life and God's will is being done in my life because I choose to have God's will done in my life as an act of my will. So I refuse 
to be influenced by evil. I refuse to be overcome by alcohol. I refuse to give in to fornication. I refuse to give in to drugs. I refuse to give in to tobacco. I refuse to give in to gambling. I refuse to give in to any kind of peer pressure that would influence me to do wrong. I refuse all these things as an act of my will. Why? Because I've been made wise unto salvation. Now look at these two scriptures before we go any further than that. In verse 26 of chapter 1, Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he, him, Male and female created he, them, and God cursed them. Huh? God what? God what? He blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Verse 31, And God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very evil. Huh? You mean God breathed into them the breath of life? You mean God blessed them? You mean God made everything very good for them? Didn't he say, Behold, I place before you life? Didn't he say blessing? Didn't he say good? I said, Did he say that? Young people, listen to me. God's plan for your life is life, blessing, and good. Say it with me. Life, blessing, good. That's God's revealed will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's what Jesus was saying to pray. But since he said to pray that prayer, he goes on to say that the kingdom of God has come and the kingdom of God is in you if you are a child of God. Therefore, you can just like Adam say, God made me and God gave me life. I have eternal life because you're a born again child of God. And God's will is that I be blessed in this life because that was God's will from the very beginning when God made man upon this earth. His kingdom has come and I declare His will to be done in my life. Now, you ready for the other side of the coin? Let's look at chapter 3. Notice verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God's knowing good. And what? And what? 
And what? Where did evil come from? And what he was subtly saying was that when you gain the knowledge of death or when you experience death in your life, you will have the knowledge of evil. How many of you are glad to have the knowledge of evil? How many of you, your prayer would have been that it never existed, that it never came into being? Can you say amen? But I want young people listen because this is exactly how the devil works. It's exactly how the devil will subtly try to undermine the plan of God and get you into the areas of death evil and cursing. Now notice verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one what? You want to get wise people? He's talking about make one wise under the ways of death. Wise under the ways of cursing. Wise in your own eyes. Doesn't the Scripture say in Proverbs, Be not wise in thine own eyes? Yeah, it'll make you wise. It'll make you wise under death. It'll make you wise under evil. It'll make you wise under cursing. And when she saw that it was good, she took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her. And of course he ate. Now, go on down to verse 16. There's not time to read it all. But because they listened to Satan, because they were deceived by the enemy, they experienced death. They experienced evil. Now, notice this latter part. And unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, thy desire shall be to thy husband, he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife, and hath eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed. He didn't say blessed, did he? Cursed is the ground for your sake. I want everybody to get a hold of this scripture. Cursed is the ground for Eve's sake. Is that what it says? He pronounced the curse that came upon Eve. He's speaking to the man. Yeah, I know what your wife did. He says, I'm talking to you now. He said, I know what your wife did. I'm talking to you now. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Satan's will is to bring death. His will is to bring evil. His will is to bring cursing. Everything that makes people upset, frustrated, confused, full of anxiety, turmoil, fear, worry, dissatisfaction, inferior, guilty, anything and everything that can cause a person to have any type of sorrow or heartache, that is the program of Satan. 
And that is exactly what he is aim, aiming at and wants to do in every person's life. And he starts when people are young. He doesn't wait until you hit 25 years old and says, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bombard you. He gets you at any age he can possibly get you. And he wants to instill within you that there are certain things that are to be desired in this life. Just like he got a hold of Eve. See, the things of evil, the things of death, from a natural appearance, seem like they're full of pleasure. Seem like they should be desired. Seem like they're good to make one wise in his own eyes. What was the big thing about smoking? You look like a grown-up person when you smoke. What was the thing about drinking? Boy, that makes you really look like you're an adult. What's the thing about drugs? It really makes you feel good when you get out there and do it. You know, you're just so high. What's the thing about sex? We came through the generation. Well, if it feels good, just go ahead and do it. God made you that way. What's the thing about how they perverted sex and the homosexuality? Well, that's the way we are. That's exactly the plan of Satan is to disguise the truth, turn it into a lie, and, and, and cause people to think that these things are things that really they desire, that they really like to have. But the Bible says that there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death, and they will finally result in evil, in cursing, and ultimately in eternal separation from a living God. And Eve was deceived by the, by the subtleness of Satan. He was so subtle he could get that across over unto her. And of course, Adam just made a, just, just a blatant choice. Just went ahead and said, I'm just going to choose to do this. And he did it. And God said, now you've opened the door to death, cursing, and evil. And even though it's not my will, that's what you're going to experience in this life. Turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 1. And verse 25. And I want to show you here what the Apostle Paul in effort to preach the gospel of truth both to the Jew and to the Gentile revealed how people who do not know God in effort to find God or to fulfill the or to, to fill the voids that they experience in life because there is no satisfaction in, in evil begin to worship creation, the creature, himself, religion, idols, and everything else to try to find reality. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 25, notice who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also men leaving the natural use of the woman burning their lust one for an up toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, 
without understanding covenant breakers, without natural affection, placable and merciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only Notice death, evil, cursing. Not only do that, that same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. Notice that when a person gets, in, gets deceived by the enemy, that all he experiences is death, cursing, and has seemingly pleasure from a natural affection standpoint of these things, even though they pervert the things of God. And what they've done through idolatry, they have turned the things of God into a lie. They begin to worship the creature more than the Creator, the creation more than the Creator, the worship Himself. Even the, the atheist who says in his heart there is no God, he worships himself and he worships his own. There, people, listen. Any human being upon the face of the earth worships a God. They worship a God. They don't worship the God, but they worship a God. There are those who worship the God of alcohol. There are those that worship the God of drugs. There are those who worship the God of sex. There are many sex goddesses set up, even in the Ephesian church. The, the people who were there were guilty of, of, of in, in Ephesus over there. And that's why many of them fail from grace. There are those who worship the God of religion. There are those who worship creatures made by the hands of man. Animals, statues, and all that sort. There are those who finally worship themselves and their own bodies. And beloved, I've got to speak it out. He's talking about here, there are these people who have, who have changed that which is natural to that which is unnatural are worshiping their own bodies as a god. And that's why they are homosexuals and that's why they are lesbians because they worship their own affections as God. Now the Apostle Paul, going back to verse 14, listen to what he says, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Everyone say wise. Everyone say unwise. Why does Paul got to preach the gospel to the wise? Because the wise he's referring to here is the Jew. The wise person is the Jew who did not go all the way with God and did not find Jesus the way of salvation. Why is he saying he's got to preach the gospel to the unwise? Because the unwise he's referring to here is the Gentile who has his own way of idolatry, worshiping either himself or his body or his religion or, or, or his false image that he makes up. Whatever it is, that, that's classified there as someone who is unwise, who does not have the Scriptures to make them wise into salvation. The Jews did, but they didn't go far enough with it. The Gentile says, I, I don't know who God is. I can't find God. I'm going to worship whoever I want. But the Bible says, look, look on down to verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and the righteousness of men who hold the truth and the righteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. And God is saying that in the heavenlies, in the act of creation, in the universe itself, these people, young people out there, listen, you have no excuse not to serve a living God. You can see God in creation. You can see God in the universe. You can know that God is bigger than self. God is bigger than your sex organs. God is bigger than your lustful desires to to have self-gratification. God is bigger than your natural way of thinking, carnal way of thinking. God made the heavens, and He can be seen 
in the heavens, even his eternal power and Godhead is demonstrated through the act of creation. There's no excuse for the Jew not to find salvation in Jesus Christ. There's no excuse for the Gentile who, who's, who commits idolatry not to, to know that there is salvation and that there is a supreme being, a God who made the heavens and the earth. There's no excuse for either Jew or the Gentile. So Paul says, I preach the gospel to the wise, to the unwise. Why? So they can become the church of God. So they can find reality with the living God. So they can choose life and not death. So they can choose blessing and not cursing. So they can choose good and not evil in their lives. There's no excuse for any one of them, he says. They'll not be excused when they stand before the judgment seat. Thou art inexcusable. Look at chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For when thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For that... Thou judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And think now this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that's the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. Bear with me while I read through these scriptures. But after the hardness of an impenitent heart, treasures up thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds to put to, to them who by patient continuance and well doing seek for glory honor and immortality eternal life but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness indignation and wrath let's read that back go back again verse 7 to them who by patient continuance and well doing seek for glory and honor, immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious, do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doth evil, of the Jew first, and also the Gentile. But glory, and honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as sin without law shall perish without law. As many as sin in the law shall be judged by the law. Now, people, here's what he's saying. I put before you life. I put before you death. I put before you good. I put before you evil. I put before you blessing. I put before you cursing. And whatever you choose to do as an act of will in your life, you are going to be accountable for in the day of judgment. You could either listen to the commandments of God, obey your parents, Obey the instruction of godliness as they instruct you and nurture you in the admonition of the Lord. As they warn you about the onslaught of the enemy. As they teach you about the way of salvation. Making you wise so that you can live a godly life. And so that you can be successful in every area of life. So that you can be a successful person as an individual. As a husband. As a, as a father. As, as a worker. As a member of the body of Christ. Listen to what they are saying and be obedient unto God and His commandments so that you are a wise person who lays the foundation of your life securely upon solid ground and you will not allow the gates of hell to prevail against you. But on the other hand, for those who still choose to, to go out there and, and live for evil, to do wrong, to live for unrighteousness and, and, and forsake the way of godliness, to live ungodly, he says, wrath and judgment and indignation await. Any person who chooses evil. So you see, beloved, what he's trying to get across to us is a message that, that, that God has placed before us, life and death. And whether we experience life or experience death is an act of our will. 
And you can't wait until you're 30 or 40 years old to start making your decisions. You've got to decide today, right now, as you hear His voice and begin to lay a strong, solid foundation for your life. Because whether you realize it or not, the storms are already blowing. The winds are blowing. The rains are coming, descending, and beating upon your life right now. And it doesn't matter how old you are. The moment you were, you were tempted to disobey your parents, you were tempted by peer pressure to do something that is wrong, those are the storms coming against your life to do what? To get your eyes to see from a natural perspective that things out there in the world are pleasurable unto you. And you may have some degree of pleasure out there in that world doing things your own way or living life as you see fit. But in the end, he's saying that's the way of death. And he's saying to us, you don't have to have evil in your life. You don't have to have cursing in your life. You don't have to wait all these years of life and go through tragedy and turmoil and agony and sorrow and pain before you begin to wise up and recognize and realize that you can walk truly with the holy living God and be successful in this life. He says you can start laying that foundation right now by listening to your parents and the Lord obeying what they are saying, listening to godly counsel and instruction, conforming your life to what they are saying, know the way of salvation, be wise into that way, and proclaim that the gates of hell will not prevail against your life. And proclaim that you hold the keys to life, you hold the keys to the operation of God's kingdom. You hold the keys to, to lock up the powers of Satan. And you refuse to allow Satan to, uh, to dominate your life. You refuse to allow him to destroy your life. You refuse to allow him to take your life in sickness or take your life in disease. To put mental anguish upon your mind. You refuse to allow him and his influence to bring evil cursings upon your life. You absolutely, positively refuse to be destroyed by the power of Satan. Now, people, this is exactly what God, the message that God wants to get across to all young people out there right now. This is the message that's going to enable you to know the truth that makes you free. This is what's going to cause you to reign victorious as a king in the realm of life. Your parents can take you only so far. But you see... Once you leave their authority and protective covering, you're on your own, own to make your own decisions. And if you choose the wrong mate, you may end up with a lot of heartache and sorrow and misery. And if you choose all the other forces or the influence of evil in your life, you're going to be devastated by the hand of the enemy and overcome by the storms. But if you choose the way of God, if you choose the way of salvation, if you recognize that the trumpet is sounding, if you know that right now I've got to make it right with God, I've got to find out what the Scriptures say. I've got to do more than just take out the garbage. I've got to find out what thus saith the Lord, the Word of God for my life. I've got to make a decision that even if you're going to graduate from school this year, listen to me. That I'm going to be obedient to what my parents are saying. I'm listening to what they're saying because of their godly wisdom. I'm going to separate myself unto God to find out what His will is for my life before I begin to put myself in a position where peer pressure can destroy me. You know, too often we send children right off into college. You know what happens? They go out there into college and they get destroyed by the power of Satan because they get around the influence of ungodly people. And we wonder why they're full of drugs and alcohol and committing sex and living with other people out there. Instead of saying, look, children, maybe the thing is right now, the fat is to go out there and go get an education. But if you want to be educated, get educated in God's Word. Spend a year with God. Boy, I'd like to see every young person, when they, of course, be led. But I'll tell you what, it wouldn't be wrong for them to go to a, a Bible school for one year. 
instead of going directly to a college, go to a Bible school like Rhema Bible Training Center. Get yourself a hold of the Word of God. Put yourself in an environment of love, of power, of victory, of success, where people are making something out of their lives for God and an impact and an influence upon this world of darkness. Get yourself in a position where you can hear from God and know what God would have you to do with your life according to His plan, according unto His will. Influenced by godliness and godly people that love you and care about you. And I believe He's raising up schools like that for that, for that very reason. People are beginning to realize that there's more to life than getting out there and just getting some kind of a degree that you only use half the knowledge anyhow. Young people, your life has value, meaning, and purpose to a living God. Yes, you can, you can be wise in your own eyes and think that this is what I've got to do in life, but don't, don't think for a moment that you're going to be successful out there because of your income, because of your fame, or because of what you have. You think on these terms that I'm living upon this earth in existence so that I can prove to God, a living God, that it's my desire to spend eternity with Him. To be a co-labor with Him upon this earth to see to it that together we can fulfill a plan that He has. I am open unto you, Father God, if you want to educate me in accounting, if you want to educate me in business, if you want to educate me in this area, that area, whatever area you want to educate me in, I want you to know that I want to be educated so that I can do it under your honor and to your glory and fit in somewhere in the body of Christ to be a successful person, a productive, fruit-bearing branch in the vine. I am interested in you, Father God. You know what? I, I believe we, we've cut down on suicide. I believe we've cut down on drug addiction. I believe we've cut down on, on, on young pregnancies, unwed mothers. I, I, I actually believe with every part of my being that if just the young people at that age would just give themselves over unto a period of time where they wait before an almighty God, whether it's, at a, like I said, at a school or just because they listen to their parents and, and as to what they're saying about separating themselves unto God, I guarantee you, even if they would just sit down under the, the, the teaching of their own parents for one year, it would absolutely revolutionize their lives. Parents, come on. You've got so much. People of this church, you've got so much to give your children that if they would listen to what you've got to say, you know as well as I do that they would not make mistakes in this life. Can you say Amen. Yet we're so quick to send them on out there where the devil's out there, where his bunch out there, living apart from home, living under an influence of, of evil and, and cursing and all that stuff. They become a byproduct of that stuff. And we wonder why. Oh, I would, would to God that we can get them until we just build a foundation so secure beneath them. Would to God we can have them and, and just teach them and instruct them and say, now you listen, now you listen, now you listen, and conform your life to these principles. And then when you say, now go out there in the world. Oh, they could walk with their heads high and lifted up. They could walk with, with the wisdom of God and the wisdom of salvation. They can be wise in the God's way of salvation. When they enter into marriage, it's not going to be because I'm so emotionally involved. They're going to say, I know that God has instructed me to marry this person. I know that she or he is dedicated to serving a living God. And together we are going to fulfill God's plan like from the beginning. We're going to exercise dominion. We're going to replenish this earth with a godly seed. We are blessed of the Lord God Almighty. And we're going to subdue this earth. And as far as we are concerned, Satan and his kingdom and his death and cursing and all that stuff is staying out of our domain. We'll have no part of it in Jesus' name. Then go out there and get your education. Go out there and fulfill God's plan for your life. Be a success. According to God's way. It might take you a little bit longer. How many of you rather see your kids give up one year to stay with God so that the rest of those years will be in the plan of God 
and not dominated by Satan. Not dominated by the devil. Not taking their lives because they can't cope with the pressures of life that are out there. Oh, let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.